I'm Ted Baker. This is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 75 for Game 5 of the 2024 season. Quick turnaround as uh, part of a Herons-Hobart uh, doubleheader on Saturday at uh, hopefully Boswell Field. Uh, Hobart will take on Robert Morris. We're joined by the head coach of the station, Greg Raymond. Welcome back. Thanks, Ted. Before we talk about lacrosse, I want to talk about uh, a good friend of HWS Athletics who passed away, good friend of mine, uh, a great man, great educator. He was on your staff for a while, uh, Coach Terry Muffley. We're sad to see him go. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you know, I think uh, the illness he faced kind of kind of came on like a truck. Uh, I think th- these are one of those tragedies, Ted, that, you know, was unexpected. And um, once once information came down the pipe, it just gathered momentum so quickly. So, um Fortunately, I was I was able to he- head over to the hospital after one of our practices a week ago, and and I got to see Muff and got to spend time with Cindy and Patrick and, and Muff's daughter, and and uh, you know just kind of you know share a good cry and and hug everything out, and just um, and and more so, just you know r- go back on all the stories we have of Muff and all the stories he told us. Honestly, I mean, there that's one of those scenarios where. Um, <laughs> there, there weren't a ton of funny things that happened to him. There was just funny stories that he told us about other things that happened to other people. So one of the best storytellers I've ever had, one of the best joke tellers I've ever known. And, and uh, I loved him, man. He was um, a constant force of positive energy when I first started this thing and, and um, was there every day volunteering his time every day. And, and, you know, Ted, you won't, you won't go through Geneva and uh, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to bump into somebody that grew up here, that that played sports here, that um, um, is related to Hobart, Geneva High School, Geneva Middle School, that you know doesn't know Terry Muffley and 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 isn't appreciative of what he's done. He's just one of those guys. So we'll miss him. We love him, and and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna dedicate a lot of what we do the rest of the season to uh, to Coach Muff. There are no services. Burial will be at the convenience of the family. There is going to be a celebration of life. Uh, we'll be on the road that day, unfortunately, but uh, head over to Dana's timeout uh, a week from Saturday, March 9th, from 11 to 2, and uh, hoist one and hear some of those old stories and uh, say hello to the Muffley family for us. 23-7 at Chilcop Field on Tuesday. Um, my plan is I, I'm not going to dwell a lot on that game because what's the point? I'm going to look forward. So, but But just your thoughts overall on what happened Tuesday. Uh, you know, perfect storm, Ted, but, you know, playing a great team. And, and, uh, I think, I think the, the, we're, we're taking some positives from this game. There are many, um, but, uh, we do believe that, you know, as we go back and we study that film and we show it to our men and, and, um, every film we watch, we have what we call our bad team cuts and our great team cuts and then our bone cuts. So we we find the places where um, we need great improvement. We find the places that we want to see over and over again, those positive team cuts. And, um, and then we see the places where we attack the gray and, and, um, and showcase all those things. So I think, believe it or not, um, we had some great um positive team cuts and we showed we showed these guys like you know look at how fast we're playing look at the ball moving and 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 then you know we have an inability to put the ball into the net or uh this possession ends on a save or it ends on a pipe or it ends on a a missed shot or um and then the other end was that great team played well you you know i think 
they they shot the ball in a terrific fashion and um you know even from outside 12 outside 15 yards you know their first three shots are excellent shots and and um they're really good spots and then i think the the challenging part to see is the areas where um and i know the naysayer will call me crazy but there's times in that game where we're playing terrific defense you know we're flying around you know we've got our hands on all the ball carriers we're making good slide decisions and then just like the offensive end we duff on a ground ball or we uh you know, we 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 fail a clear or or whatever it is, and so all the in between. Um, I feel like every mistake we made, Ted, they scored a goal. To be honest with you, and uh, so it wasn't it, it wasn't a you know we got to play defense again. It was you know the first the first goal of the game. That's why I hate Shulkoff and I can't stand playing that team. The first opportunity we have, Chad Box at five yards, he shoots the ball. It bounces off James Green helmet. It goes right into the stick of a Cornell player, and he's pushing a fast break. That, that's just the 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 way that they attack mistakes, or the way that they attack blunders, or the, how opportunistic they are. So, um, long winded way of saying, Ted, I felt like Cornell played a very good game, and I felt like we played a very average game, and didn't capitalize on our opportunities, and they capitalized on theirs. When you look at the overall numbers in this game, I mean, shots were forty nine, forty four, Cornell. Uh, after a couple of early struggles, you cleared perfectly in the second half. I mean, the the numbers, if you just showed somebody these stats and said what was the final score, you might say 15-13. Yeah, I, I mean, and we, we watched that film and we go, you know, even with the goals that they scored, we felt like, you know, with Rosie's opportunity on the crease and, and he bumbles the ball and he had another opportunity on the backside that they saved. Um, you know, Anthony's got a clear shot down the alley and and probably could have put it to a better place. I mean, we got our hands free. I mean, Chad's got a 10-yard shot on the run in the second quarter that their goalie just snags out of the air. He's sniping that corner and the goalie makes a great save. You know, I think we're, we're watching that and going – you know, we can't help as coaches, Ted, go, well, what if? What if that went? And then what if, you know, we did clear that ball the first time? What if it, What if we did pick up that? All those things. And we, we said a lot of similar things. I mean, we're not children. We we got our butts kicked, and we're, we're dealing with it. And we're facing it head on and moving forward. But we're also looking at it and going, if those two go, and then we get one stop, and then, you know, that power play results in a goal – we're in a two goal scenario and then who knows what happens, you know? And so, you know, that was the difficulty in, you know, making that Ellis switch at, at, at half. It was because Ellis was playing pretty well, but I just felt like they were on and they were seeing the goal and, and they were shooting the ball to excellent spots. We thought maybe making that switch with Jack would, you know, steer them clear or, or have them thinking a little bit before they shot is just one of those nights where, um, you know, they couldn't miss, and, and we just found a way to. And then when Fayola came in in the second half, they, it just seemed like they kind of blitzkrieged him right off the get-go. I mean, there were two or three quick ones, and, and he kind of just uh, fell into a little bit of a funk after that. Yeah, I'm glad he experienced it. You know, I I, uh, I would have loved for him going to there and make 30 stops, Ted, for sure. But um, Jack's, Jack, Jack's got a good future here, and um, – you know, again, I think Ellis was incredible when we made that switch, and we've been very honest with them about how we're doing this and why we're doing this. And and um, Ellis is still our starter and, and will be on Saturday. 
But, uh, you know, as a freshman, you go in there and, and you know, face some adversity. And we left him in, too, to, to continue to, to plow through, to get a next play, to have a short memory, and, and, uh, and to find some camaraderie in those moments. So um, not his best half, for sure, uh, you know, and uh, um, something that, as a coaching staff, we, we really don't regret. We feel like we put a great player in a position to make great plays, and, and sometimes, you know, it's a game, man. The ball didn't go your way. So, um, but we're proud of him for keeping his chin high and, and plowing through the rest of that game and, you know, make sure that he knows that going into Saturday so that he's always ready and we stay ready. And, and everybody here from a, from a next play standpoint is, is looking forward to our game on Saturday. Of course, a lot of people were saying, make your schedule tougher, make your schedule tougher. So you did. And now they're saying, oh, because, you know, it used to be you'd be 3-0 and against three pretty easy teams, and now you're not playing easy teams. <laughs> right. You know, the, the the overarching theme here stays, Ted. That, that's the conversation we had with our guys. We're like, if you are pouting and you're worried and you're sulking, then you're not a competitor. And I don't want anybody to be proud of Saturday or sorry, Tuesday night. I want them to be angry. I don't want them to be dejected and their shoulders down. And we have a vision here. We're, we're playing to play better lacrosse at the end of the year. And I got to hope that, you know, we're getting a couple guys back that we have a few more in the lineup. We add some depth to this thing going forward or at least more experience. Right. So what you don't have, from a from an injury standpoint, you do have from a Max Snellenberg, a um, uh, Anthony Stillwell, a Colden Swisher. I mean, you, you know, you're you're putting people in tough scenarios, and they're growing a calloused mind. At least if they're listening to my message. And so, you know, after that game, we, you know, we we shake that off. We recognize that we're playing a game. We recognize that we played poorly and an opponent played well, and we're moving on. With our with our chin high and our shoulders back, man, this is about you know I I believe in my heart of hearts that if you play the number five team in the country Tuesday night, and then you play with the same energy and the same passion uh, on Saturday, that you'll be better for it. And I, I need our guys to continue to know that. Um, I need the Hobart faithful to continue to know that we did this for a reason. This hasn't worked out exactly how we planned, of course. What does? Um, but we've also had, you know, the choppiest first three weeks or four weeks in a season that that I can remember, just kind of guys in and out of a lineup and, and making it challenging. But, you know, we're facing it head on, man, and, and believe that um, the bumps we faced with Colgate, Michigan and, and Cornell, these three ranked opponents are going to make us better in the end. Uh, that That's the only way I'm thinking. And, and I believe it. So um, there's no reason to think otherwise. And the challenge is just to make sure that the message and the communication to our men puts them in that same capacity, puts them in that same thinking light. So um, that's where we're at right now. And we had a great film session yesterday. We talked all about the landscape of Division One lacrosse and how games like that seem to happen these days. We don't know why. I think um, if it's the shot clock or the this or the that, who knows? But um, it's happened to the best of us, and we need to shake it off and, and move on and figure out a way to beat Robert Morris on Saturday. You've played four games. You still have five more to go before the league even begins. So so where are we today? What's the path forward? What have you identified as the things that have to get better to be a good team in the A-10? Um, you know, we, we believe that uh, 
everything that we 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 talk about from a possession standpoint needs to become more paramount on game day. And unfortunately, there are some scenarios, Ted, where we need our best players to play better. You know, we need uh, we need our best scorer when his hands are free to score goals. That's the way it's got to be. Our shooting percentage has got to increase. We've got to put the ball into the net more when our hands are free. And defensively, we've got to figure out some ways to get some guys out of a matchup focus out of a uh, me versus you focus and more of a we focus and capitalize on defensive stops and saves with great forward clears. Um, and then at the faceoff X, the wing play and the ground ball work. I mean, if you look at uh, those three games against big, fast and strong, particularly Michigan and Cornell um, who played, who played stronger and faster than us in those games, the the ground balls are heavily in their favor. That's that's it's that simple. And and um the turnovers are in their favor. So it's can we clean up this game that we're playing, make sure that offensive possessions end in a save or a shot on goal opportunity, hopefully multiple, and then defensively, can we capitalize from the inside out and make sure that um transition goals are harder to come by? And half field goals are more of a consistent thing, or half field, sorry, half field defense is more of a consistent thing. And then clear that ball the first time. So we've got to find a way to get our clearing percentage up around 90. We've got to find a way to win a ground ball war, have less turnovers than our opponent, and again, fight that gray area more. So um the the systems that we have in Ted are good. We believe in them. And um we're gonna have to clean them up and also find some continuity here with who's on the field. That's big for us. Um, if we keep moving and shaking and playing two guys out of midfield in the first game and then they're out for that next, and then, I mean, that's a tough thing for any team to handle. So we've got to have a consistent presence on the field, keep those guys on the field, um, keep them as healthy as possible going forward so that we can grow some continuity in these systems that I just mentioned. The first thing you mentioned was what I wanted to talk about, and that's just plain old shooting. Your shooting percentage, you're just over 50% shots on goal, so a lot of shots are missing the net. Your overall shooting percentage, uh, putting it in the net, is 22%. Is that the setup leading to the shot? Is it poor shot decision-making, poor shot execution? What what do you do to get that shooting percentage up where it needs to be about 32 or so? Well, I think, I, I mean, it's all of those things, Ted. I mean, when you're shooting that poorly, it's all of those things. It's the decision of the shot. It's the um, um, the uh, the inability to put the shot to a good spot when hands are free. You know, it's that it's that practice to game scenario that confuses us and, and frustrates us because, I mean, I just, you know, we just had a, a shooting session voluntarily from our guys to Coach Brundage, James Green, Rosie, and Deli are in the Dome this morning at 7 a.m., shooting with coach Brundage. I mean, our guys love it. We got, we got lacrosse junkies here, man. That's the best part about all this is that they know we got to work and they know that they got to put work in, you know, and where we, we, we feel like we have guys that when we get our butt kicked like that on Tuesday night, they don't come home and need, you know, praise from their mom or praise from their dad. They pick up their stick and they work at it. And, you know, we've got those guys on this team. Um, and they need to find those shot opportunities within the game. So we need to continue to swing our bat here to get out of this slump and then help that translate into what we're doing on game day. So a lot of it is how are we moving the goalie, right? Or is he pipe to pipe? Is he back to front? You know, are we trusting um, 
the time of possession? Are we trusting the number of pass counts that happen? And and um, and also shooting that scouting report when we have it, when we have that opportunity, and making sure that you know time and tempo will game and and uh, you know what what a score looks like doesn't really influence the way that we shoot the ball. We can't think too much though, Ted. You know that's where Coach Brundage has been great. Is when you start thinking and and scrutinizing and saying we well, got to shoot here, you have to shoot here, you have to shoot there. We need our guys comfortable shooting, and so you know that a lot of that happens with the development of our offense. But I believe fully that we have the scores on this team, and you know we hope that with Troy coming back here hopefully soon and you know with Johnny coming back here soon these are two two of our better time and room shooters and and goal scorers and um you know we we feel like that will improve so um we're focused on the ways that we're putting them or where we're putting them in practice and how much scoring we did scoring work we did last week how much scoring work we're going to do today and tomorrow and and uh and believe that Saturday it'll be better let's talk about your best part of your game probably that's at the face off x we know what we're going to get with Adam Shea but, uh, wow, for a first year to come in and uh, do the job that Mike Valent has. I mean, he he's a warrior on those 50-50 balls, and he's one of those guys like Shea. If he loses the faceoff, he's after that other faceoff man wanting to take it back. Yeah, he's a good scrapper, man. And we, did, we talked about that earlier. You know, I think they in Mike's case and in Brooks' case, Brooks Ryan, uh, Tyler Cavo, Nick Sotaropoulos, um, Colden Swisher, Anthony Stillwell, um, Chris Patterson, right? So I just named six first-year athletes, Ted, that all played significant minutes on Tuesday night, right? You got Jack Schleicher coming up the pipe here, and, uh, um, you know, we are – that's that's seven first-year athletes. Jack Fiola makes eight that all played for us on Tuesday night. So if we're going to give them an outlet and say, yeah, well, Mike Mike's winning face-offs, and he's a freshman, I think we're doing these men a disservice. At this point in the season, with the battles that we faced early on, um, experience is experience, and our our hierarchy needs to shine, and our seniors need to shine, whether they're playing or not. You know, we don't really care. We need their leadership, but to say, "Hey, you're a first year," so or "Hey, you're a uh, you know this is your first or da da da," we don't have any freshmen anymore. We don't have any first year athletes anymore. We have Hobart lacrosse players. So, um, and thankfully, Mike Mike is one of those guys that's tough enough to handle that. I think he holds himself to a standard that I, I you know we'd like everybody to. A lot of our other guys do as well, but Mike is a Mike doesn't view himself as a first year athlete. Mike reviews himself as a scrappy talented gritty face-off man and so i think it's going to bode uh wonders for him as time goes on here throughout this season and uh you know also gives confidence to shay so that he can you know take a deep breath on the sideline here and know that his counterpart's going to go out there and battle hard let's talk about this robert morris team coming up on saturday and by the way it's a two o'clock game uh former nec team of your last eight meetings seven have been one or two goal games three have been overtime we've had big leads blown we've had uh, big deficits recovered from i mean uh, this has been a battle yeah we'll be again too i you know i i think you got two teams here that are in a pretty similar position you know they're coming off a loss that i know that they deem as regretful and you know we're coming off an ass kicking that you know we'd like to put in the rear view i think you got two teams battling on boswell field that are are fighting for some identity here are fighting for theirs and fighting for pride and um 
we we have to put ourselves in a position where our fight is a little bit deeper and we care a little bit more than theirs. Um, but I I love this head coach. He's he's a respect a respected friend, um, a guy that I've kind of gone through this whole thing with. You know, Craig McDonald, his brother, is our equipment manager. Uh, Craig is a Geneva guy. Um, they've had all week to prepare for this game, and he's coming back home. I know his team's going to be very ready and uh, very motivated, um, but so will ours. So we're, we're going to provide this group uh, with the history we have with Robert Morris. They have our full attention and our full respect. And um, we know the history here. We know what's gone on in the past. And again, um, I hope it doesn't have crazy influence on the outcome of the game other than we know Robert Morris will play very hard and we know that they have great parts to the hole where they can, you know, steal goals and steal faceoffs and, and make some saves and all of that stuff. So um, we know they'll be ready, but so will we. And this is a game where we're going to focus a lot on Hobart and um, how an underdog team and a team with great leadership, uh, great peer accountability responds from, what happened on Tuesday night. I know in the past, Robert Morris was just a real helter-skelter team. I think they led the nation in scoring a couple of times. Uh, if I recall our conversation from last year, under Craig McDonald, they don't quite do that as much, but I, I think you said there's still a team that will try to press it and go fast when the opportunity is there. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think I, st- I still think they got that ingrained in their system. You know, I think those guys that that played for Drew there, that you know, Drew's that head coach out at Utah now. Um, you watch the way Utah plays. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's even it's even more it's even crazier, more manic than than he was at Robert Morris. I mean, they're 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 bonkers fast. So um, I think that still remains. I think they got two guys in particular on their pipes. Um, Number thirty-one, number forty-seven, who are who are great goal scorers, and they complement each other very well. And so, you know, what we have to do is um, is make sure that we we recognize who's who's most dangerous in those early scenarios. I think their poles will play offense. They'll push offense. Their short sticks will play offense. They'll push offense. But you know, those pipe guys make them go. And so, if we can have a good day on that right pipe and on that left pipe, and and you know, limit the early opportunities that they get. You know, I think that um, we'll be in decent shape. But they play substitution games. They um, they make it tough to crash and then get out, get off the field. Something that all teams are doing now. And hopefully, we'll, we're great with the practice we have. So um, I, uh, I I think that they'll push it, Ted. I do. But but I also think that um, we've got to do a better job of making sure that, or do a, a good job of making sure that that's limited. One last thing. I think we had the first two uh, video replays in the history of Hobart Lacrosse on Tuesday, and I, I didn't even realize. So, do you have a coach's challenge? Yeah. So, um, I mean, we do and we don't. It's it's typically how we do things, right? I mean, we we have replay, but not everybody's using it, and right. so it's you know, like there's no replay for Hobart games at home, but there's replay for a Cornell game, or there's replay for a you know, a, a maybe an Atlantic 10 game or maybe a ACC game. So, um, and every time we've done it, we've tried in the Yale scrimmage and the, and the software didn't work. And then we tried it uh, on Tuesday night. And, you know, we, uh, I, I don't know why you challenge uh, a goal when you're, 
or call for a goal when you're up 12. But I mean, that, I'll, I'll leave that up to the Cornell staff to figure out. Um, but maybe it's just to practice this thing because I don't like like the rest of the rules that we have or the or the new additions we have. There's tons of questions. There's tons of uh, uh, difficulty in the execution of it. So, um, you know, I think it's a work in progress. But, you know, there, yeah, there's some games where I got a red flag on my hip and and. You know, if I want to challenge a goal or challenge a call or, uh, but there's only some I can challenge. And, and, um, you know, that's always a fun trip on game day. So, um, that's, uh, that's the new wave here, the, the replay, the, the challenge and, and, uh, seeing if we can get a few goals called back or a few goals called good and, and, uh, go from there. Uh, lots more lacrosse to be played. We said at the end of the game, uh, if you make the A10 tournament and win it and go to the big dance, uh, no one's going to remember. Uh, a Tuesday in February at Cholkov. I won't. One day at a time, Ted. That's how we're doing it. All right. Thanks, Coach. Uh, two o'clock game on Saturday. Uh, we we assume at the Boz at this point, unless we hear otherwise. I uh, appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Ted. This has been the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast with the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Again, it's a two o'clock game. It's the Herons at eleven and the Statesman on uh, Boswell Field at two on Saturday. Uh, you can pick up this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, be it Apple or Google or Spotify or someplace else, and get all your information on HWS Athletics at the website, hwsathletics.com. Uh, best of luck to uh, Hobart Basketball on Friday in the NCAA, Hobart Hockey Saturday night in the uh, tournament uh, championship game, and uh, best of luck to Hobart Lacrosse. And until next time, have a great lacrosse week.